Dr. Kilda Podcast. I'm your host, Gray. Happy fucking new year. I'm joined by my internet co-hosts. We have Ash. We have Devin. How you guys doing tonight? Hi. I'm doing well. <laughs> I'm doing well, too. Happy new year. That was the maximum amount of energy that I have to give. <laughs> I just want you to know I'm spent. Already, Gray? Yeah. Like uh, Megan Fox's career. Oh. But we are going to kick this new year off talking about a different Megan, the TikTok sensation, the new friend to the very end. I believe that was Charles's phrase. Mm-hmm. What's Megan's phrase? Friendship has evolved, right? Uh, a James Wan joint. I, I don't want to give credit to the Blumhouse team, uh, but we're, we'll get into that in a second. First of all, uh, let's start with what what have you been watching, Ash? Anything notable in the last, well, since the beginning of this year? Jeez. Oh, gosh. So the only thing I can think of. Jeez. Okay, I'll talk about recently. So I watched The Blob, the, the remake, the 80s remake. And it was my first time watching it ever since I've I watched it, like, few years like not a few years ago oh like several years ago and it scared the crap out of me when i first watched it that's the uh, shawnee smith one yes okay and i absolutely love the movie i think i would love to see like i want to say remake but a reboot of the blob we need some more like creature features, some some sci-fi horror. Like we need more stuff like that. Yes, but yeah, I agree. I'm kind of I don't know who I would like to see take over. I know uh, who was I was talking to someone on Twitter, and they're like, "Oh, I would love to see Blumhouse take control." And I'm just like, eh, "I don't know about that." <laughs> uh. I think Jordan Peele would be a good candidate for that. He appreciates older movies. I I didn't know the blob that we're referencing was the third blob in the oh. line of blobs, not including the sequel. Um, but I think he would do a great job with the sci-fi element of it. Yeah, I, he was on my list. I'm just like, Oh, you have a list. Well, not a list, but like <laughs> people that popped up popped up in my head, but All right, well give know. it to us. Let's hear it. Why you put me on a spot like that? <laughs> <laughs> I was excited. I, I was uh, cuz I uh this sounds interesting to me. I I do think that we should have another iteration of the blog. I loved that film. What was that? It Kevin Dillon, isn't it too? Yep, Kevin Dillon. It's he's legitimately alive, right? one of the best. Yeah, he he's still around. Okay. <laughs> he's like, wait, did did something happen to him that he shouldn't be alive? Or no, I I just meant you know, once Matt hit the nineties, I didn't really see Kevin that much more. True. Oh, you don't watch um, Entourage? 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 <laughs> I did not. I did not. I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he got a second wind as one of uh, the stars of Entourage. It's pretty good, isn't it? Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I just meant, like, that the steam was gone. True. But, yeah, I also didn't realize um, Donovan Leach, I think that's how you say his last name, was in the movie, a.k.a. Ioni Sky's brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I used to have a crush on him growing up. I thought, I mean, he's still he's still kind of cute to this day, but growing up and I, um, what movie was that? The end crowd. And I was just like, oh, he's so cute. And then he was in cutting class. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. has a very striking look. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. I don't think he's like, he would never be like a 90s heartthrob in my book. Like he's no uh, Mark Paul Guzzler. <laughs> Mark Paul Guzzler. He's still hot. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, and then uh, I'll go ahead and mention, unless y'all follow on my Twitter, but uh, my number one film for 2022 was Bones and All. There you go. Wait. First of all, let people know where they can follow you on Twitter, and then I got a follow-up question. Oh, shit. <laughs> You can follow me at Ash to Ashes. That's Ash with the X in the middle, Ashes. Okay. So bones and all. Yes. Uh, for the rest of the demographic who never saw it, it's a film starring Timothy Chalamet. Yep. And uh, directed by Luca Guadagnino. I probably butchered your name, Luca. I probably did it last time. Uh, I will learn how to pronounce your last name at some point because I do think you're a talented director. However. Ash, I need to hear one good thing and one bad thing about this film. I feel like this is a test. I'm no, just genuinely <laughs> curious. Um, a good thing, I just thought it was just so beautifully shot. And I love I love the characters, like especially the two main characters. And I love how this movie pretty much when you think of a cannibal movie. You're like, oh, blood, guts, tits, and ass. Like, just violence on violence on violence. This movie, mm-hmm. it actually had story. It had amazing characters, like, development. Like, you actually felt like you were on this journey with the characters. Yeah, there was some violence in it. Yeah, there was some blood. But it wasn't so overpowering that it took away from the story of the like of the film. And I just felt like, and I know I saw a couple people online talk about like, it's not really a horror movie. Like you call that a horror movie? <laughs> horror movie, like when it comes to horror, it doesn't always have to be blood, guts, tits, and ass. You can still have a, a great story, and it can still be a horror movie. Yeah, well, I would uh, say it's a drama with horror elements. Yeah, and I'm sure, like, because I never read the book, and I'm sure, like, the book probably has, like, way more details and mm-hmm. stuff going on in it. Um, but a con, a one bad thing, the ending stressed me out, and I'm still upset about it. <laughs> okay. But I don't know. But yeah, that's all I have to say. I, um,. This is nothing against her because people need to work, right? Uh-oh. But I will say, 
I would love it if Taylor Russell could get a job playing her age. I believe she's damn near 30. And oh, is she? I don't need her to be a, a new Gabio Union. Yeah, she's yeah, 28, so she's getting there. Yeah, because I remember looking this up with the um, escape room films, because I was like, oh, she's up and coming. She's going to be great when she gets older. I think she was like 23 then. Uh, but I was just curious. I know Devin didn't see it. It's a two-hour movie, so he's out. Right. Yeah. I'm I, but I think I think you would like it, Devin. Oh, I'm gonna watch it just from the comfort of my own home. Yeah. How old is how old are other characters in the movie? So Taylor's character, she's um, 16. Oh, okay. And then. Um, Timothy's I want to say he's probably like 18, 19 like like young adult. Mm -hmm. But it's just uh just I like talk about it now it makes me want to go back and watch it. it. It's just I think it's a beautiful film. I definitely want to see it. I'm waiting for it to hit streaming or something so I can watch a two hour plus movie in my own house, but I, I definitely <laughs> want to see that. I'm a big fan of the director. Um, and I'm, and it's a really polarizing film from what I understand. So I'm always excited by that. All right, well, thanks Ash. Devin, what, what have you been watching? Oh man. Okay. So I just watched, well, over the weekend I watched Sick. That premiered on oh, Peacock. I have you seen guys, it You haven't seen it? Have I seen forgot. It I did see it, but I'm on the uh, not positive side of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. It was a fun ride. It was it went by pretty fast. It didn't involve a lot of um, brain cells, but it also didn't insult your your intelligence. Um, I thought it was pretty timely. I thought it was, if you're going to do a film that's a slasher film that has a background set in during the pandemic and where COVID plays a big part of the story, I thought this was, this was it. This was, this was a pretty well-made and very timely film. Um, and it was fun to see Kevin Williamson sort of sink his, his writing skills back into like a scream slash curse territory. Just a a fun horror movie. So, yeah. I highly recommend that. I... I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was fine. Okay? Like, I, I don't hate the film. I don't uh, think I'll rewatch the film. It's like a slow burn. And then, for me, and then once it un, un, unveils, it's kind of formulaic. And I'm like, okay, that was fine. And I watched it on Saturday as well. And I was like, that was a fine use of my Saturday. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to tweet about this, text your friend. You're not going to own the Blu-ray special edition version of it? I am not. <laughs> Unless it comes with a different ending. Oh, not that the ending was that, but I would just be interested in so when you say the end, do you mean like the entire th last third act, or yeah, like, okay, the, the like the twist, quote unquote. 
Yeah, Uh-oh. so like if they had multiple ideas, shot the ideas, and then, uh, you know, I'd be interested in that. Okay. okay. Ash, you should see it. I think you'll like it. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure I for did. some people it wasn't fun to revisit COVID, but I thought the, uh, the, the, <laughs> the finer points of COVID, they nailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I was like, too soon, man. Uh-oh. <laughs> like I don't want to be transported back to two years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, that I, part I, they nailed actually. Let, yeah, let me, let me my mind, because I was just like, oh god, I can't believe we lived. Because it wasn't as as an anxiety inducing as oh gosh, what was that one movie with KJ Alpa? That was it was it's a horrible movie. Oh, okay. Oh shit, got the name I of forget. it. Yeah, you that guys watched it on Shutter. I did not. I uh-uh. did not. I don't know that. <laughs> Put my name in it. No. <laughs> I know I didn't watch it. No, no oh, but yeah, it was it was fine. Let me look because I I'm curious to see what the uh no wait a minute you said he was in it. From Riverdale, right? Yeah. What, did, what was his name? <laughs> yeah, it's KJ App. I can't find the movie that he was in. Also, did he have a wipe from his entire IMDb? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Y'all keep talking because I'm like, I'm curious. I'm looking it up. There. Um, Songbird. I think it's called uh, Songbird. Yep. Oh, I never heard of this movie. Oh, wait, never mind. Okay, Sophia Carson. That's all I needed to know. Okay. A vendetta type response? <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> I could picture like, her, but I couldn't like remember. So, yeah. I'm good. I actually like her. Okay. Um... <clears throat> As for myself, I I did see Sick, um, but I also watched Missing, which is the sequel to Searching, mm-hmm. but it's a standalone sequel. They have a, a, a Easter egg in the very beginning of the film to remind you. Oh, okay. But I think, um, and it links back at the very end as well, actually. Oh, good. Okay. And, never mind, never mind. I don't want to ruin um, did, did you get like an early screening for it? Uh, yes. Is it not out yet? Uh-uh. Comes out this Friday. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I, I do remember this now. I, I was simulcast at the world premiere. I remember them saying that. Neil Long was there. The producer okay. was there. You hold it out on us? <laughs> No, I mean, it was simulcast, so, like, I saw them on the screen. They were in another theater, not mine. Oh, okay. Um, but I thought for a standalone, I don't know what we're going to call this category eventually, but not found footage, found footage uh, type of films. Mm-hmm. So it's still the same technique. Everything is filmed through a cell phone, a webcam, FaceTime. 
a news report. You're not actually on the set. And uh, Nia Long even said that at one point. She was just like, you guys forced me out of my comfort zone. Uh, you know, as an actor, I've been in this game for a while. I'm paraphrasing, sorry. And, uh, you know, I have my bag of tricks, but then it's like, with this style, I can't use those tricks. She was like, I never knew where the camera was half the damn time. And, um, but they, they keep it up in a way that is entertaining and engaging. It isn't just like, oh, like I would never watch the Blair Witch Project if they kept filming it the way they filmed the first film. That was nauseating. Did it open right. up the door for filmmakers today? Sure. I'll fully acknowledge that. But I remember leaving that film having a headache. Because I was just like, oh, this. I was, I was stuck in the front row, too. Because this is before assigned seating. And I got there late. And it was just like, I was just up at the screen watching this Sony non-study cam shot go back and forth. It was the worst. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, if it's not out yet, I would recommend this. I think I think it was great. Okay, I really want to. So how many like is it comparable to searching? Like, I, I, I you don't have to say if it's better than or worse than, but is it? I guess I don't. Is it worthy to be considered a sequel? Yes, one hundred percent. If you <clears throat> excuse me, if you've never seen Searching, you might be a little lost at it. Okay, um, but if you're familiar with pretty much the premise of searching you're going to be fine with this one. Okay, that's interesting because I was wondering if this was filmed as an actual sequel or if it's just a random film that they produced and then for marketing reasons sort of link it to searching even though it's not called searching too, I guess. No, which I did like the play on the words searching mm -hmm. and missing mm -hmm. um, and you'll see when you see the film how that plays into I'm excited. Okay. But um even I don't wanna I don't wanna see. Storm Reed did a great job. I'm used to her taking the back seat because of Euphoria. Um not saying she's a backseat actress. That sounded backhanded. That's not true. Uh, but seeing her, she is the lead in this film. And she does a stupendous job. Oh good. Okay. She's definitely a rising talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy to think about like like how she started and like how like where she is now. Like it's 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 crazy. Like she grew up in front of us. I don't remember her before a wrinkle in time, but that yeah, I think that was her first like major thing. Yeah. Or to me it was. All right, um, let's get right into some horror news. All it's right. been a while. There's been some things that have been going on. I am going to mute myself real quick to blow my nose. But uh, uh -oh. I'm just taking <laughs> <laughs> so I want to start off with this first one because I'm super excited about it. Chucky, the TV series, has finally been renewed for a season three. Yay. I it, that the whole waiting process was stressing your girl out <laughs> because I mean think about when the first season started like by like episode three it was already renewed for a second season right 
and you're just like, okay, second season. Okay, it's still it's a strong season. Why are they taking so long to talk about season three? Like, what's going on? Why are y'all waiting so long? And then literally, like, how many months after the second season finale? And then they finally announced the third season. <laughs> and we're getting it. We're getting it later this year in the fall. So. Oh, good. Okay, so they're gonna be in production soon. Oh yeah. Yeah, I believe uh, Don Mancini released photos of them. Uh, back in character. Yeah. So I mean, they're not playing around. Like, shout out to the cast and the crew. Like everyone behind this series. Like, thank you for giving us this. Yes. You know, and I wonder if it's. I haven't looked it up at all, but I wonder if the the announcing the next season each time is because they're not. You know, they're not issuing four season contracts season by season so everyone has to renegotiate their contract and they're just doing it like a la carte I don't know if that's the right word or term obviously I'm not in the biz <laughs> no yeah that's it's probably something like that like they they probably already had like um x amount of episodes that they were gonna probably do for the first two seasons even though the renewal for season two is kind of you know it didn't happen instantaneously Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I'm pretty sure this this is one of the biggest hits I think on, on the Universal brand. So hopefully we get a season four and five out of this too. Mm, I'm super curious to see where season three takes us, especially with how this season finale <laughs> wrapped up. So oh gosh, okay, I'm still not caught up in season yeah, two. Hey. I know. And here's the thing: I have a bone to pick. Uh-oh. With Shutter, because they just added the Chucky series on their lineup, and if you click on it, it says two seasons. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna watch season two today, but when you click for, go for season two, it's not on there yet. It got me the same thing too. I was yeah, so I noticed I, that. Like I have Peacock, it's no big deal, but still, I just wanted to bitch about somebody. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I wanted to rewatch it without commercial breaks. Yeah. And uh, I was very disappointed when I got to the end of season one. I did rewatch it though. Get your shit together, Shutter. Or I also wonder why it's on Shutter. Like, doesn't Universal have AMC and Peacock and Sci-Fi? Well, AMC owns Shutter. Shutter's a division of AMC. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Ask and Devin knows. <laughs> So that was the first piece of news. The second piece, by the time this episode drops, we will have our first full trailer for Screen 6. So we got a little teaser trailer. Ooh, I was actually prepared for that. <laughs> My heart stopped a little bit, but I was, I was, I was cool. What is happening here? Gotta celebrate. <laughs> See, now you know how I felt about it our last episode because he scared the shit out of me with it. <laughs> but, um, so the teaser trailer, we get our, our cast of survivors on the subway tra- train because, you know, uh, Scream 6 is set in New York City. We got some Easter eggs going on. And then we get our, our crew in the subway train and the lights are going on and off. We get our ghost face mask and Mr. Ghostface is like all up in Mindy's face. And I'm just, <sighs> I'm excited. <laughs> the behind I'm the excited. scene 
pictures got me excited. I'm just, I know, I, t- I told myself I was going to try to not watch the trailer, but fuck it. I'm going to watch the trailer. You know what I enjoyed about, you're, you're referring to the first look photos that released today? Uh-huh. I remember Scream 5 came out and everyone's like, oh, this movie's garbage. It's just trash. My whole feed turns into Scream 6. And it's like, everyone forgets how bad they were trash in the last film, but still get excited for this one. So damn fake, I swear. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, whatever. Not calling out the community, I'm just saying. Oh, so I guess I that's what I was doing. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just meant like, I mean, give a movie a chance. You don't have to like bash the movie just before, before you've seen it already. Yeah, as soon as uh, Ash, you posted the photo in Slack channel, and I I saw the first glimpse of Kirby. Uh, don't get me wrong, she is no Rose Armitage by any means, but I was happy to see her. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so confused by that. I mean. Rose Armitage is my favorite on-screen uh, crazy mm, <laughs> crazy person. I don't want that to be triggering to people. Like, sexually? Or like you're a fan of the character? Kind of fan of the character, sir? Oh? I, I don't I need her to lobotomize me? <laughs> That's what I was like, what is happening? No, and I'm not even entirely sure how old Kirby's supposed to be, so I'm not even going down that road either. Isn't Kirby like 30 in this one? Sure you know, I wanted to try and figure out how old Sydney is, because I was thinking about this. Like, is Sydney in her 50s still fighting Ghostface? Uh-uh. <laughs> well, I really thought about this today. <laughs> well, how? because they never established how old she was in the first one, but we have to assume about 16, 17. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if that is in '96, okay, who's good at math? Because it's not me. Okay, so let's say let's say she's 16 in 1996. So that means she was born in ni- oh, 19. So she'd be my age. If she was 16 in 1996. Then she was born in 1980. Right. So she'd be 40, 42, 43. Yeah, I just looked it up. She's 17 in the first film. So she's 43 or turning 43 this year. Yes, she's 42 in the fifth film. Her birthday is March 14th, 1979. Mm. Yeah, I guess we could have Googled it. <laughs> I'm, on that, I'm on that screen Wikipedia, so. All the answers right there. Someone's done the work like 20 years ago. <laughs> I had like a piece of paper and a pen out to do the math. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Ash, that's why we have you here. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> Is that all I'm good for? <laughs> you just see those hard moments. So I'm not trying to start nothing, okay? Uh-oh. Okay, because I love the teaser for Scream 6. So I'm going to reference another movie, but this is I'm not saying Scream 6 copied this, but I'm saying maybe Scream 6 did an honoring of this. But there's a short film I think I told you guys about called Man on the Train. Uh-huh. It's on, you can catch it on YouTube. But the the trailer is almost like a remake of that movie, it's a, but it's a really, really cool movie. And when I saw the trailer, I thought, oh, this is a, a very cool homage. But I recommend people watch the short film. 
I'm about to look that up. Are you talking about the American version or the French version? Uh, French version. Mm. It's only four minutes and 20 seconds. Hey, 420. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm trying to find that trailer later. I'll 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 send it to you guys. Okay. Can you send me the link, please? Because <laughs> I mean, if 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 you're spot on with that, it's probably a clue for film buffs. Oh, could be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they were co- like trying to steal from the movie, but I think it was maybe honoring the film. Yeah, I think it's intentional or suggestive. Yeah, like a, you know, the first screen was very Hitchcockian. All right, so I'll send you guys. I'll text it to you guys. All right. So, and since we're on the subject of Scream, I have to ask because it's 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 going all over Twitter, like social media, especially Twitter. I'm, um, I already I voiced my opinions on Twitter, but there's rumors that there's a possibility. It's a rumor that Jill will be back. Okay. Have to prepare you for that. That really scared me. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's just a rumor. So I have to ask, how will y'all feel if somehow Jill comes back and Kirby is forced to face her past? I don't know how they're going to arc this film, but I. I I don't want to see Jill in this one. If Jill is a reveal as Ghostface in part seven, I would totally eat that up. Okay, okay. What about you, Devin? I didn't like the Jill character, so I don't think I've seen her. I'm not the biggest fan of Emma Roberts. So <gasps> Devin, I, I just, yes. Yeah, I just like not why? even her not even her as Chanel. Hell no. I don't even know who that is. Who is that? You know what, Screen Queens? Uh, I didn't. I gave up after the second episode. I it didn't. It didn't speak to me. <laughs> I just didn't care for it. Um, is that like why is that a theory though that she's coming back? I don't know. I just saw someone tweet about it, and I was I retweeted. I'm like, if this happens, like I'm done. Like I would be pissed. It's allegedly based off uh, Wes Craven one time said he couldn't confirm if Jill was dead or not. So it's just playing off of Wes never said she died. Because Wes did mention that he attended for Kirby to live. Right. So I'm like, we got our wish, like the wish was granted with that one. So I'm kind of nervous if they're going to go ahead and Grant, oh my voice cracked. And Grant, <laughs> I'm going through puberty again, y'all. <laughs> but I'm nervous about if they're going to actually go ahead and grant this other wish with bringing Jill back in the seventh installment. And I really hope not. I just, no. a homegirl got shot and then electrocuted. And then, with that being said, how would y'all feel if Stu makes a comeback? I know they already said it's not going to happen, but there are still some people out there who are like, it's going to happen. <sighs> Stu is alive. I don't... I'm not a fan of that because it just... 
it takes away the stakes from the original, I think, and we don't get a new killer. We don't have to revive killers. My own opinion. I don't think any of them were. The only killer I would like to see come back, and this they wouldn't come back, would actually be Debbie Loomis, but that's just my own. <laughs> Everybody would love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does beg the question. I mean, I do think Ash is onto something, or the internet's onto something. You have to up the stakes. That, like, this franchise prides itself in not repeating the typical things unless it's in satirical form by the characters in so many words breaking the fourth wall by acknowledging the things in our world being true to their world. And we haven't seen Samara weaving yet in these uh, trailers. Nope. Oh, that's true. We saw the Easter egg. But yeah, we haven't actually seen her in in the teaser. So it would be interesting to I don't think they would announce her character so early if she's the opening kill and they can't do the fake opening kill again like whoever's in the beginning of this film has to die for real. to Devin's point almost yay So the last piece of news I would like to bring up is we got a trailer for Evil Dead Rises. Red band trailer. A red band. Or you get the green. But you I, know what? So I you gotta get that red. But I I'm super, super excited for this one. I know I keep saying I'm super excited, but this one right here, mm-hmm. this shit right here. Mm-hmm. I the trailer have I was sitting on that couch mouth like just dropped like they went there and I'm curious to see how if they're gonna take it there cause in the trailer we are introduced to children children are dealing with a deadite mm-hmm. are they gonna take it there and we lose some of the kids I, I don't know. I yeah, that's it. It'll be very bold. I know some people feel a certain type of way when it comes to that, but hey, I feel like everyone, everyone is. Can't I think can't it'll be it. interesting to see what uh, Lee Cronin? Do I have that right? Lee. I want to say Lee Daniels. Uh, this is not precious yeah no sorry it's Lee something he did the hole in the ground whoever that guy is Um, oh I never finished that movie yeah uh, Lee Cronin okay okay thank you I think that's how you pronounce it is it Cronin yeah I do like the fact that we're leaving the cabin yes uh huh yeah for sure I do hear that that was possibly a hang-up between there being a sequel to the 2013 film uh, initially. Is that the pitch that uh, Fede came up with was them not being in the cabin. And they were like, no. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I have no sources in Hollywood, as you guys know. Um, 
but obviously the rights he had expired and now it has reverted and we have this version and i like mm-hmm. the fact that uh you guys know i love isolation films so them being stuck in a house or an apartment complex uh I think is a nice swap on the cabin. I, I, you know, I'm just curious as to the reason as to why they can't leave the house other than it's their mother. But like, you know, run. <laughs> he said run. <laughs> well, I, I'm really interested in this. Um, I, I didn't, I've seen the original films as a kid, but I didn't grow up with them the way a lot of people did. So I started to appreciate them fairly late in life. So I, having said that, I, I like the horror elements of the reboot mm-hmm. more than some of the actual sequ- official sequels. Um, in this new film, it's an actual. It's actually connected to the original films and not the reboot, but it seems to take on the tone and look of the reboot versus the original films. And I am okay with that. I am too. I am too. I think that's going to piss off a lot of the purists, but whatever. You got three films. Let us have these new ones. This looks really, really good. Yeah, I do like the fact that not, I don't know the young lady's name. We do get a nod to Ash with the uh, the the girls picks up the chainsaw. She's wearing like a blood-soaked blue shirt like Ash had. And um, I'm interested to see if she's truly the hero or if that's just a red herring or Easter egg nod. <clears throat> and will the chainsaw be an actual factor in this film for long? Or if that's just a Easter egg and that's it. Is Bruce Campbell in this at all? He is an uh, produ- executive producer. Okay. Yeah, I think he said he's done with being in the universe just because he's mm-hmm. too old. That was why the uh, show ended. Okay. Which I give it to him to be doing yeah. this type of uh, physical acting and comedy. It's got to be a lot on anyone, mm-hmm. not just elderly people. Like being in the Evil Dead world is very physical. Tell that to Harrison Ford. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like eighty-seven. He's playing Indiana Jones again. You know they did like a de aging effect on him. Oh, did they? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You have to, right? Yes. Or just like not make the movie or cast somebody else. But... Now you well, know that's all that... piss off people. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they tried, right? And then like problematic actors and poor script writing didn't allow for that to be passed. And um, I wouldn't be opposed to giving someone a second shot because they seem to have their shit together now, and uh, they can they can move tickets. Who? Shia. He has a shit together. More so than he did when at the height of his meltdown. That's true. Um, who would also look? You waiting for him just to start his rap career? Wait, he's starting. He's a rapper. Have you never heard him uh, freestyle? No, I don't want to. So fucking sick. It is the craziest thing. It's like the most unassuming thing. He's a fucking monster. Really? Wasn't he on like a radio show and he was rapping? 
Yeah, oh. I mean, he, he's done plenty of interviews and rap for yeah. tons of people. Shia LaBeouf? Yes! <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll look. I got you. Yeah, I am so out of it. I had no idea. Yeah, it's like just this thing he does for himself. Which I can, I can completely see him past yeah, Shia. Yeah. Smoking peyote, sitting in his room, but fucking naked, spitting bars. No, <laughs> I mean, no judgment. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just uh, all right. Y'all want me playing on here, or gonna be send send you the link? Send it to us. <laughs> okay. We may have to pay for that. <laughs> True. And this is a loose string, but uh, Christmas just ended, and I was very upset that Zoe's extraordinary playlist got canceled. I'm not sure if you guys watch that show. The horror connection is uh, obviously Jane Lee. Then they right, do like a Christmas special? Well, yeah, that's, that's the movie. A, a Christmas special. Yeah, I think I watched like a, like an episode or two and I've forgotten all about it. I never saw the Christmas present. I don't even know if it aired. It's on Roku. What's it called? Like the Roku, um, oh my gosh, like the Roku channel. Oh, that's messed up. You know what that means, right? What? Hulu or ABC, whoever owned it, was like, we filmed this. We got to recoup some money. Let's sell it to someone who needs it, but we're not going to be invested in it anymore. Damn. <laughs> Which sucks. <laughs> like, I enjoyed the show. But you guys know I love musicals. I do, too. Yeah. They're fun. I blame my mother for that, actually. Thank your mother for that. Oh, well, yeah. Now. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um... All right, let's get into the main event. 2023 film. Wait, yeah, it came out this year. I said it with such confidence, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, Megan, directed by Gerald Johnstone, Akila Cooper. <laughs> All right, I've been sick. I've had some whiskey. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> The wheels are off from here. You're a smooth. <laughs> Akila Cooper, uh, writer for Malignant, and um, also for this film, as I mentioned before, James Wan joint may have had help from Blumhouse. Whatever, we can't help it. Starring Allison Williams, Violet McGraw, and Ronnie Ching. Uh, if you're wondering who uh, Ronnie Ching is, I think I've seen a stand-up, and I still don't know how to say his last name. I'm going to say it's Chang. I think it is Chang. Okay. I saw it spelt here, and it's not spelt the traditional way. It's like, uh, maybe I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Oh, no, it's Chang. And then a split performance between Amy Donald and Jenna Davis as a particular character, Megan. Um... This film doesn't have like a star-studded cast, nor did it need it. I think the people who were there were serviceable. I would like to see. Um, let me take you back. Actually, we're gonna go back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, not the TV show, starring Chris- Christy Swanson. 
And there was this scene that I didn't realize bothered me until uh, right now. Besides the actress? Or... <laughs> I mean, it's it's very <laughs> 90s agenda. <laughs> um, and I can't believe like we just allowed this. Uh, even, even earlier in the film where um, Buffy's boyfriend's best friend sees Buffy walking down the hall and he's like, gotta get me a piece of that and grabs her ass. I'm just like, what kind of bullshit, toxic masculinity fucking LA scene is this? To where it's like, you're going to accost your best friend's girl. Have a yeah, and like her girlfriend's reaction were, oh, Buffy, you're being weird and aggressive versus you were just attacked and aggressed. Anyway, yeah. that is not the problem I have with the film. There's this one scene. Um, <laughs> Hillary Swing's character, Kimberly, is being attacked through the windows by vampires at the prom, the dance. And... um Nicole's character or the black girl comes in to save her and then the vampire latches onto her and Hillary Swank's character does nothing to fucking save her. She's like, oh, this bitch is gone. Even though this black person just sacrificed their lives for you. And I was like, why did this never resonate with me before? Ever. Like, this is the most fucked up scene in the whole movie. She was a selfish biatch. So basically the premise of this film is that a robotics engineer at a toy company built a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. Uh, Allison Williams' character is the aunt of Patty, which gave me Mean Girls vibes. I don't, I don't know if that's <laughs> like weird you guys or not. But Violet McGraw's character is orphaned at the beginning of the film. Her parents are in a horrific car accident. I'm going to talk um, about that, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, in which Allison Williams' character, G- Gemma, is a career-driven woman. And I love the fact, this is one plus, you guys, uh, I could have negative things to say later, we'll see. Um, <laughs> that she's a career-driven woman, but it isn't anything of like, oh, I can't date people. I want children. I can't have children. Like they didn't make anything about her life of like because I'm a woman, I can't have these things. No, this is a woman in power that made her own choices, and she's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which I appreciate it. Just showing just strong people making choices and don't have yeah. to give her gender roles. She's not the Bryce Howard Dallas character. No, Bryce Dallas Howard character from Jurassic World. You know. da, da, da. She's a little more fleshed out. Devin, I love that you're always locked and cocked. God damn. <laughs> um, I have so much I can say. <laughs> yeah, so she's not that. Um, however, it doesn't make her ill-equipped to take care of her now orphan niece. Yes. And that's where Megan comes into play. This project to where she's siphoned or embezzled her company's money to fund. Um... Which, you know, we're not going to get into ethics right now. Uh, however, because she has this doll, it becomes a part of what we want to believe or what Gemma wants to believe, Caddy's healing from the tragedy or trauma she's just incurred. All right, let's get into initial impressions. 
Uh, Devin, Devin, we'll start with you. Going into the film, how were you feeling? Were you aware of the Tintop, TikTok, Instagram, whatever dubbed version of the dance you saw of Megan going into this film? How did that affect uh, you going into this film? Or were you just like fresh eyes? It was mostly fresh eyes. I'm rarely on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok that much, so I'm not aware. I didn't know there was a viral dance. Um, I knew this was going to be a sort of a, um, a small world goes bad or like a or small wonder goes bad or like a child's play 2019. Hold up. Update. You've seen Small Wonder? Yeah, I used to watch it all the time as a kid. I feel like um, I'm the only person ever watched that show. Oh, really? Yes, please continue. I love yeah. how you reference that. That and like out of this world, back to back. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, but I, I had I had pretty decent expectations. I didn't think this was going to be our tip, a typical January release where it's an inferior film. I knew this was going to be at least a solid, fun movie. Um, but my my expectations were exceeded. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought it had a lot to say about man versus machine and how we all as humans just have to connect with each other and have to vibe with each other. Um, I also really, I just thought I liked how the characters were fully developed. Um, and I think this is the movie, not to shit on Child's Play 2019, but I think this is a better movie. This is a better version of Child's Play 2019. Did you know both these films were written around the same time? Really? Yeah, this is another uh, Serve and Protect and Paul Blart situation. I didn't know that. Yeah, just because of the pandemic, this film didn't come out until now as to where Child's Play was able to get off the ground quicker. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it didn't make sense, I guess, because if you're... that's. Oh, I, I thought something happened to Devin. I was like, oh, God, protect him. <laughs> um, that makes sense because um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, no, because if you're going to release a film, you should release Child's Play. That is a it's a proven IP. It already has in-house marketing. It already has a built-in audience. So I get why Child's Play was probably pushed first. Yeah, and they also have a limited amount of time as far as you know getting using the IP. Yeah, but make it was official approved release, right? I'm not sure on the backstory. I, I thought it was official, but they pushed. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it is official, and then Don Messini doesn't have the rights right. So he doesn't have the rights to the title, to the name Child's Play, but he still has the rights to the character and the story. Right. Okay. Yeah, he owns characters. He doesn't own the actual title. Okay. Ash, what say you? All right. So, yes, I see the, the TikTok dance and all that good stuff. Um, I will. My first thing I would say is that the promotion for this movie was crazy. Like it's still going on till this day. Um, 
So I really, I really like the promotion, even though I'm kind of getting a little annoyed with it because I'm like, okay, we get it. <laughs> um, so movie wise, so I was like, okay, Ash, I had to tell myself it's a PG 13 film, don't expect all the stuff that you love in a horror movie, like, it's okay. Like, don't get me wrong, there are some great PG 13 horror films out there. But um, I was trying to go in there with like low expectations. Um, I, for the most part, I think I enjoyed the movie. <laughs> um, after I had some time to like simmer down and think about it, I think I may change my original rating of it. Um, mm-hmm. Megan creeps me out. Listeners, if you've been following me for a while now, you know I don't fuck with dolls. <laughs> um, ever since I was a little kid, I just dolls creep me out. But like Megan is just scary. Like when we get into the movie, like the way she like charges, like her charging station. Like mm-hmm. she's just sitting like that that creeped me out. Everything else in the movie, nothing. No. That right there was the main thing that scared me. <laughs> but, it's a weird mix of like looking robotic and human at the same yes. time. Yes. Yeah. It it creeps me out, but um I would say okay. I feel like this is like the perfect getaway horror film for so like for someone who's not into horror but they want to be into horror eventually, especially like sci-fi. So, like, a perfect example would be, like, my sister. She's not the biggest horror film person out, like, there is. Like, she's freaked out by it. But every now and then she'll find a film that she will, like, she's interested in. And I feel like Megan is, like, one of those movies that I can see her enjoying. Okay. I do, I do think it's good gateway. Yeah. I like that you said that. You said not everything has to be truly horrific. I think there's a lot of implied commentary on how society raises their children nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a parent by any means that I'm aware of. Uh, but. That you're not aware of. <laughs> I, I I do think it serves as a great cautionary tale. Um, as far as like, you know, screen time is mentioned, and then mm-hmm. you know there there is the uh, juxtaposition of Gemma's character being asked, "It's like, well, who's raising who?" Um, in this situation, it's like you want someone else to. Do the rearing of your child and you're you're not present um i don't know if that turns off people or not i guess not because we got a sequel this film's gonna gross over 100 million which is great for a horror movie i don't, I don't think it's at the end of its theatrical run by any means uh, i think no. as more of us talk about it it will catch on however i i personally went into this film like looking at Megan, I watched the trailer. I've seen the TikToks, and it to me, it's like if 
Megan is the embodiment of Cheryl Horowitz. Uh oh. Like, I don't want to age anymore. And she learned the Dumbala chant and put herself into this doll. <laughs> I am so dead ass serious. I would like to see that movie. <laughs> Just based on the way that, like, <clears throat> I, I know the film has to be edited for time, right? But does Megan dress herself, or is this like, you know, who's making those fashion choices? Shit, she was dressed up. But I'm glad you brought that up because her outfit reminded me of the children in Village of the Damned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I I was getting those vibes. Yeah, I mean, I I think that. This film, in addition to Child's Play, uh, 2019 specifically, lends itself to a bunch of different cinematic lenses as far as where we've seen the story before. And I think that that's where it sets itself apart from the uh, Child's Play franchise. Is that Chucky is a serial killer that is extending his life by being an adult. Megan is an AI that was created by woman and is uh, not necessarily responsible. I use the term lightly for her actions. Like she is a program that is running her program. Like it was designed to evolve and because of Gemma's hastiness. Uh, there weren't enough guards put in place. And what I mean by that, there's this one scene where she's like, um, Megan, shut down. And Megan's like, but I wasn't done yet. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Um, one, because I, I have been that teenager. I'm like, go to your room. Nah, I wasn't finished. What I was going to say, mom, is you're being a bitch. I'm Ooh. not calling you a bitch. Ooh. You're just being a bitch. Hold up, hold up. Some of us have been there and we learned, or at least in black households. I was going to say, I would not be alive right now. No. <laughs> I'm not a minority here. <laughs> um, But when Megan did that, I was like, I have been at Chuck E. Cheese and seen this shit go down. <laughs> Shut up, mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be in the car with Greg Sick of your shit, mom (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to drag the stepdad into it Um, Okay So we we have this um, And let's just say spoiler alert from here on out I think I, I 2023 we do a better job of announcing spoiler. We have this AI doll that is starting to grow beyond Gemma's uh, forecasted vision as far as acceptance of life and what it holds. And it's still holding true to some of his programs to protect uh, Caddy at all costs. But as far as She's missing, she, Megan, is missing the soul part of things, right? 
Like, she doesn't understand just because this... Actually, we're going to sidebar that. Or it's going to open up a different door. Just because this boy is bullying you doesn't mean I need to terrify him and cause him to kill himself. However, now that I accidentally brought myself here before I was ready to talk about it, is this scene not fucking ick? Like when she's at the open house and the boys accosting her in the form of bullying, but it feels damn near sexual. Yes. I was legit in my seat uncomfortable. Cause I'm like, where is this t- where are they where where is this going? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was like, they're definitely children. This isn't like adults pretending to be children. And the fact that like when he got paired up with someone originally, that guy was like, hold up, hold up, teacher. Can I not be with him? You guys remember that part? Uh-huh. And his mom's like, oh, he's such a, a sweet kid. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh the best God. part. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. And this is a safe podcast just because um, I'll, I'll say this. We're all people of color. And I feel like Akila Cooper captured this moment properly that moment right there would not have in a black household no point blank period but i have seen that moment happen between non-african-american parents and their their spawn yep multiple times and i'm not i'm not saying it it makes it jest or anything like that but i think to be an african-american writer capturing Caucasian narratives uh, in which they may not be aware of, so I'm not trying to upset anyone listening. Um, it just it just rang true to me. I was like, they fucking nailed this scene. Yeah, I I remember like going over like we're not friends anymore, but like my ex-best friend's house and the way her her sisters would talk back to their parents, I would just sit there on the couch like twiddling my thumbs like shit I would get the black knocked out of me <laughs> like woo like I that like I sh- like in that movie theater I should have known I was like this was ran by a black woman I should have known right then and there <laughs> <laughs> it was it was crazy um or I mean not crazy but I was just like oh okay yep seen this before <laughs> um but I, I think that like it also screams a different message because I think this this whole film encapsulates parody from different angles or different lenses and um I love not only do they capture that but they capture the other things of even uh Megan getting tired of repeatedly telling Caddy how to go to the bathroom properly. And that was supposed to be like one of her primary functions. Like she'll never get tired of doing it. She'll be fine. And that, it's like that stressed me out too. <laughs> it would have been cool if, if Megan just slapped her right then. <laughs> what like, did I say? I told you. Just lose I- your shit. 
just want to know if she was doing that like when her parents were around. Going to the bathroom now washing her hands or was she like acting out? Nasty ass. Shit, there's grown ass people now that don't be washing their hands. From the the five minute car ride she had with her parents, do you, you think that they were interactive in her life or do you think they were like because they talked about screen time and then yeah i believe the husband put it back on the wife it's like i didn't give her the tab go ahead i was gonna say i feel like the parents were on the verge of a divorce you could tell they didn't really like each other they were just in it for the child i do feel like the trip was more for them to try and get back into each other than it was for her to go ski perhaps for the first time 100 i i do think the parents are more active in her life than allison williams was because i mean they did enforce an active screen time a limited screen time um and didn't katie ask to be read a bedtime story because that's what she was always that's what she was used to her parents doing Mm -hmm. yeah so they're they're definitely more involved in her life and it also showed that when she did show up to Allison Williams' house and that there was, I keep calling her Allison Williams, uh, <laughs> Gemma, Gemma. Um, it was clear that Gemma had no socialization skills with this with this little girl. She barely knew her, barely knew how to interact with her. And, uh, but that, that's, that, that led to their, the breakdown in the relationship. Yeah. Now, do you think both parents had a say in raising Caddy, or was it mainly the mom? You know, that's an interesting question, because I I feel like the the economy of the situation was like, maybe the mom makes the rules, but the mom's also the one that's more over it. I don't know. Like, I'm sure there was more shot than what we saw. And it might be interesting to watch the deleted scenes to see, you know, how much more longer they were in the car, what the conversations were that were just cut for time. I do wonder when the movie is released on on DVD, Blu-ray, if we're going to get like an unrated version of this. Like, I wonder if this was produced as a PG-13 movie. No, it was actually rated R. Yeah, it was. Okay. It will be rated R, or there will be a rated R cut when it comes to screen. Okay. Okay. But I I do think the PG 13 take was good. I do too. Um, Because I think it opens it up more to audience, and now we're getting a sequel. Um, But I do want to delve back into like patterns of behavior. Not only did Caddy prove to be resistant to. Uh, being sanitary after urinating. Um, <laughs> we have this scene of where the psychologist is there and Jim is there, Caddy's there, Caddy's being unruly because she's her. I forget what they say. It's not dopamine, but she's having withdrawal syndromes from not being around Megan, like the therapist warned her. And there's this moment where she attacks Jim. Mm-hmm. Or let's say lashes out. I don't. I don't want to trigger people. They're, they're, I'm sure there are mothers that listen to this show. Um, 
What was what was your take on that, Ash? What was that? Sorry. What was your take on that? Sorry, my headphones cut out. What was your question? I tried to be PC about it. Well, what did you think about when Caddy smacked the fuck out of Jimmy? <laughs> I was in. I was like, ooh. <laughs> um, that was okay. How would how would I go about with this? I hmm. you have a That's grieving it. child who only coping mechanism. AI doll, which is unique, only one in the world, and has been taken away from you, and you're left with the therapist and your aunt who's not present. Do you think you would have reacted the same way? I think so, yes. If I was in her shoes. Because, uh, I mean, like, everyone... You in your shoes, but you're still black. So. I mean... <laughs> Just trying to gauge your answer, basically. <laughs> I think, I mean, if I can jump in, I think it would be the same because we're, we're, it's essentially a form of addiction. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when you, when you are heavy, heavy in addiction and that, that vice is what is taken away from you, you're, you're going through withdrawals. You're not acting like uh, your normal self. You're acting like an addict. And so that's how Katie was acting. Cause she felt like she probably felt like, oh my gosh, I'm losing another thing in my life that I care yeah. about. The only thing she had any kind of connection with, the only thing that gave her any sort of solace, she wasn't getting it from Gemma. She wasn't getting it from her classmates. And she's, I think, she was intelligent enough to know that she was being exploited mm-hmm. by her aunt and by her aunt's company. You know what? You touched on something that um, was briefly mentioned in the film. Is that she was homeschooled her whole life. Mm-hmm. And I know there's been this argument, I'm dipping into real life as well, as far as like 2020 kids not being able to socialize with themselves or with their peers and what effect that has on them. And that this film made me think that like, Homeschooling's been going on forever. Forever. And uh, before 2020, there have been probably this point in in North American society. Millions of people have been homeschooled and turned out completely fine. Um, I do think there's a difference between present parents and non-present parents, whether not pointing fingers at blame. Like if you have a job and your job is shitty hours and you're relying on school to be your babysitter for most of the day, that's not a knock at you whatsoever. Like I said, I don't have children. Don't know that struggle 100%. Not judging. Um, However, it can create this false positive in your child's life of like, I'm used to this. You gave me a substitute. I accepted your substitute. And then you take my substitute away to Devin's point, you go through withdrawals. It's like, I can't get that fix. And for like, I don't know why Gemma's first thing was like, she has to go to private school. Well, that was my, my next thing too. I don't know. Gemma was really shitty 
with this kid in terms of this little girl should have been in therapy. She yeah. should have been, you know, even if you're not comfortable with homeschooling her, if, if I think when people look at this, the stereotypes of homeschooling, they're definitely looking at antiquated stereotypes about the kids not being socialized. There's other ways kids can be socialized in school. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's something also that we're dealing with within this movie. This kid is isolated from anybody. She has no other connections with anybody that's her age, with anybody that looks like her. Everyone around her are either adults or antagonists. And Megan is the first person she's had that she can actually talk and will respect her. Right. Uh, yeah, that whole school I had me think, I was because the way Gemma described it, she's like, oh, it's for ex like, I think she said like exceptional kids like you. Mm -hmm. So that what the fuck me, does that mean? So that made me think, I was like, okay, was that her trying to say it's for individuals that went through something or they may have like learning disabilities or just like I have a hard time like fitting in like alternative school mm -hmm. but so I'm like so does Gemma not know shit about her niece like does she just no. like just no. send her like gifts every year and then it makes me wonder like if Gemma and her sister had any type of relationship no like maybe like they had like a fast falling out like maybe they were just like maybe they just didn't like get along ever since they were kids or something like i i'm really curious about the whole family dynamic i think she was just constantly not present like Gemma just chose the path of success and she wasn't ever clued in And then also, like, when she got custody of Caddy, did she not receive any paperwork? Did no one give her a heads up about anything? I feel like that part was cut for time. Because there's the scene where she she's in the I-8 and she's coming back from whatever may have been her sister's house with all of uh, their stuff. But I feel like that was cut for time. May have been filmed, though. Hmm. All right, that being said, let's jump into the third act. There's a scene of Megan being incarcerated, escaping. In this one, we get to the titular scene of Megan dancing down the hall disassembling a paper cutter <laughs> and going after Ronnie Chang. She lift that thing up like nothing. It was just like, Shrew. Yeah, I, I would love to know Megan's stats, actually, because it never really clearly say what she's made out of and what she's capable of. We just see... I forget his name. Is it Russell? The prototype she had in her garage. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. And um, we go from there. And uh, uh, then Megan operates a Lamborghini or Ferrari and drives back to uh, Jim's house in which they have this. I love this scene 
of like Megan's like I'm gonna beat your ass, bitch. But if you tell uh Caddy what's going on, it'll be the end of both of you. And they both play this game of like we're struggling for power, but we're still trying to protect the child. Because that's how much they both do actually care about um the girl. And I think that that's a great power dynamic that is lost on some single parents where you're co-parenting of like, you do want what's best for the child, but you both have your own vision of how to get there and you're not seeing eye to eye. And it causes that fight. Sometimes it does end up in mortality, unfortunately. And other times you are able to get there amicably. Uh, what did you guys think about the scene? You don't have to go as deep as I just did. But, <laughs> Ash. I thought it was horrible. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I never I never really thought of it that way, like the way you put it. Um, Alright, how'd you think of it? I... 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't really answer that. All right. D money. <laughs> you playing on me. I, I think it for me, this over the overall arcing arching storyline of this movie is about man versus machine and how we created machine. I and it, it plays out very well very much in the scene where something that we created to help us has surpassed us in terms of intelligence and strength and emotion, even though it's a programmed emotion, because even though Gemma and uh, Megan are fighting to protect Katie, it took all this for Gemma to even like Katie or even want to try to protect Mm -hmm. her. Whereas with Megan, because she's programmed to to fought to love Megan and protect her, those instincts come to her automatically. So really, who did you want to protect Megan? Who did you want to protect Katie, Megan or, or Gemma? Um, but no matter what, even though, even though it's a machine that we created, at the end of the day, it should man should have the final say, I guess, in, in, in how life works. So let's not create something that it's almost like it's very much like a line that uh, Jeff Goldblum said in Jurassic Park, where they're talking about the creation of dinosaurs. He says, just because we can doesn't mean we should. Yeah, because even the caseworker yeah. was like, isn't that, go- isn't that a little like just paraphrasing, like she was just like saying, like, isn't that a little bit extreme? Mm-hmm. Like you're creating this this thing to pretty much raise the child yeah yeah so you don't have to yeah and this this child who had a human connection to two living parents before now you're making her attach all that to this ai i'm glad she got called out Mm -hmm. it's also interesting for a character like Gemma to be the one to create a to create Megan to do something like like you want you created something to pretty much help raise a child or like be their companion but like knowing Gemma like like we've been saying she's all about her career and just 
make sure she's on the right track. So and she doesn't know anything about parenting or children. Right. So it's like, how are you able to create this thing to do these things, but you don't know anything about it yourself? I also wonder what what's the long term goal for Megan? Like when Katie, let's say everything worked out where Megan was running around killing people. When Katie turns like 18 or 19 and she wants to explore her independence, where is Megan in all of that? Because now at this point, Megan has developed feelings or is, yeah, she's developed feelings for Katie and now that relationship is being cut off. This whole idea just doesn't work. Mm-mm. Clearly. You, you think not, but I know at least two people in my lifetime that still sleep with their childhood totem. Oh, is is that you? No. (laughs) Uh, One of them I dated and I was uh, very against it. And then another person was just a friend. Wait a minute, what? But some people never break that link. Yeah, that's the tough thing. But especially when this other thing has emotions that it can reciprocate and clearly it can be programmed for violence. Yeah, I think that like, if I were to, let's skip to the end. And you get hints of this throughout the film is that Megan has figured out a way to transfer her consciousness to other AI equipment such as uh, I might trigger some of your things but Alexa or Google or Siri (laughs) (laughs) as the film hits too and I, I think that's a great nod is to like the the body or doll she was in is just a vessel um and to some degree right it harkens back to child's way 2019 um a lot of people aren't gonna look to see when stuff was written they're just gonna be like oh i've already seen this before and you know some people could even go as far as to credit james cameron as far as like a consciousness being uploaded to something else t2 and actually, before James Cameron, there is a woman, I forget her name and I apologize, but she has claimed to written The Matrix and Terminator. And The Matrix was her sequel to Terminator. Huh? It's an old interview, but she explains everything just right. And like her books are published. And I'm not sure if there was ever a lawsuit or not, but like, I feel like if she filed a claim, she would be entitled to something. Really? I never heard that. I gotta look that up. Yeah, there's there's definitely interviews for it. Okay. Basically, she explains how Neo's John Connor and John Connor's Jesus Christ Hence the initials JC. 
Hmm. And okay. I'm doing a horrible job explaining it. But Google, <laughs> she'll pop up. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to I'm going to go down a rabbit hole looking that up after the show. Fair. All right. So final ratings of Megan <clears throat> on a scale of uh, Chucky dolls, one to oh. five. Oh no! Can we do ripped? Can we do ripped bloody ears? Oh! <laughs> All right, Ash. How many ripped bloody ears would you give this film? I keep going back and forth with my rating. <sighs> I I originally rated a two point seven five, and that's not, technically not a bad rating. I just couldn't fully give it a three, a full three. Mm. Uh oh, I don't like that room. But after like, so hot in here. Damn. Like listening to other like reviews and just thinking about it, it's not that bad of a film. Will I go back and rewatch it? Probably not. But okay. there are some. There are some good things, and it's a solid PG thirteen film. I would now when the unrated cut does come out, I will check that out. So yeah. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a three. I just wish they would have kept like with with the original script and kept some of the the kills because there were supposed to be more kills. Yeah, but they cut it. So I'm sure my rating would go higher when I watch the uncut. But I'll go ahead and give it a three. Okay. Devin? Well, I give it three and a half ripped bloody ears. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was just a, an over... It wasn't scary, but it was a fun movie. Uh, I thought it was it, it was well-paced, very well-acted. I, I think because my expectations were so low, I'm just happy that they were exceeded. I'm always mm-hmm. happy when a film... Even when it tries to say something, um, and in this case, I think it was saying a lot about our relationship with technology, our relationship with each other as humans, um, in whether or not if they were successful and how they executed that, that's up to you. But I, I thought they were pretty successful in it. I three and a half stars straight up. And justice for the neighbor's dog. But not justice for that neighbor. No, 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 like no, her no. Ass. Yeah, fuck her. I was well, surprised I, that they killed the dog on screen. The way he snatched up Megan through that hole, I was hollering. <laughs> Messed up her hair and everything. But that could have easily been avoided had Gemma fixed that hole in her fence. She was telling neighbor to, though. Not shit. Someone should have fixed a hole in that fence. Yeah, They're, they were both, they were both in the wrongs in the whole in that situation. Yeah. I said what I said. Agreed. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I agree. Well, um, I would give the film a three and a half, uh, ripped the years, just like Devin. I think that the, the cautionary tale aspect. Reminds me of Grimm's fairy tales and or Disney, um, which a lot of their stories are derivative of. 
Um, and even though on the service level, everyone's going to be like, this is a Chucky ripoff. I think it's done in such a way that is still unique and can grow differently. Case in point, Child's Play is not getting a sequel. Right? But Megan is. Officially is. Right. And Megan um, won. No, yeah. I feel like with, Ch- with Child's Play, if they would have been like in the world of Child's Play, like don't actually give it that title, it would have been fine. But the fact that they try to play it off as like a child's play remake, reboot, whatever the hell you want to call it, that's where the issues began. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think that film was not well acted by any means or anything like that. Um, however, it was just like not unique enough. Yeah, I mean, and especially too, because the original story is still going strong and still reinventing itself and it's still relevant. It, it's it felt almost like a, a weird betrayal to watch the remake, but I also thought the remake was good. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was a good. It was better than it should have been, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it was more unnecessary than anything else. It was a strange money grab. Let's just call yeah. it what it was. Um. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, what do we do next time? Oh, should we save that for offline? <laughs> <laughs> I just put you guys on the spot. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know unless you guys have ideas. We'll talk offline. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then that's going to do it. Another episode in the books. Megan, 2023. Uh, Ash, tell people where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Ash to Ashes. That's Ash with the X in the middle, Ashes. You can also follow my show, Rise from the Dead podcast, on Twitter at Rise from Dead Pod, where myself and Germ discover lesser known horror films and decide if they should rise from the dead or stay buried. Devin, you? You can find me online at Twitter and uh, Instagram at I need you, Jesse. I need you, Jesse. <laughs> I'm gonna start posting more on Instagram. On Instagram, I don't know why I just fell off with Instagram, but I'm back. It happens. Same. Welcome yeah. back. Thank you. And as always, you can find me on social media at Gray himself. That's G R E himself. And until next time, say good night, folks. Good night. I am Titanium. <laughs> That was so fitting. So fitting. <laughs> when she was singing that, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs>